0: All right, guys, I'm James O'Neill. Once again, you're here with O'Neill Ops. We've got Keith Rissey as co-host along with us today. And what we've been doing is trying to to go into detail on what you guys want to hear. And the last post that I made w- was on uh, Instagram, and basically what I've been doing is kind of taking uh, the 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 most common interest of comments that guys want to hear us talk about and and elaborating on it and the last one that i posted uh was about sets and a lot of guys wanted to know about how we got i mean there's a lot of a lot of inquires about caliber selection bullet selection we'll get into all that stuff reloading etc but um we had a a, uh overwhelming Response an overwhelming amount of guys that wanted us to go into detail on how we get into sets. And if you guys aren't familiar, we do have a uh, T4 series on the YouTube channel. It's kind of under a subcategory. If you guys take a look at the channel, I'm trying to get it organized a little bit more. But I have the 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 productions, the predator hunting suppressed videos, and then I've got some commercials that we've done for guys. I need to get a couple more up, like the USO commercial and stuff that we've that we've done for online content and television content and then product reviews and then down underneath that i've got the t4 episodes and then underneath that i have the podcast so you guys can kind of surf through our channel and hopefully it's a little more organized for you so you're not having to pick through everything and see what episodes what
1: and those t4s they they break down specific sets correct yep and it'll it'll you know show video clips as well but that's what the t4 series videos are is breaking down sets kind of individually
0: and that's what i like about the t4 is because we're we're showing you guys footage that nobody else has seen that that we've got tons of it on the on the computer tons of it from from just previous years that the, the quality is awesome and the sets are really successful and I just kind of want to show you guys how we do it, and we can break it down and go into detail. But the T four stands for tools, tactics, techniques, and transitions. Not transitions. <laughs> training, tools, tactics, techniques, and training. And we're going to try to break it all down for you so that uh, you can, you know, we can kind of hit on each one of those. But in this episode, guys, what we're going to talk about is our sets, how we get into them, uh, how we kind of use the strategy, the, the, everything, the terrain, the conditions, etc. And we was at last year about, I don't even remember what time it was. Remember last year when we went to Rapid and we did that seminar that Phil asked us to put on, to, to go up there and speak for, uh, it was like outdoor sporting goods show or something. Right
1: rapid city has it every year and i'm not sure what time of year it is i think maybe later january is that sound right february maybe that's probably right i think it is i can't remember to tell you to be honest yeah i i don't i it was it was during season i know that as far as our season killing wise because i know we took time off to yeah it was
0: 100 percent, it was but w- <clears throat> the when we went up there uh the guy kind of said, you know, just, just explain how you go about things and, and what you do. And one of the easiest ways to explain it is there's, there's really, when you're going into a set, I would say there's, there's three major factors that you have to try to, to fool on the animal in order to be, to really up your odds. But I mean, it's sight, it's sound and it's smell. But the first thing that we look at Every single day, and you know
1: what that is. Yeah, as soon as you wake up, or even even the day before, where we know, have an idea whether you believe the weather, the app, or whatever, but always wind. Wind is, like, the number one key for us.
0: That's what we're always always checking every hour. And, and a lot of times, it's not right compared. I mean, we'll have it set on our location.
1: And even, like, we know the wind. Say the wind's supposed to change at 3 o'clock that afternoon. We'll wait and not make it set or be in on a set. At three o'clock or what have you around that time. Cause who's to say it's out of the south and it's supposed to switch out of the northwest, which way is it gonna go? You know, is it gonna is it
0: know? gonna yeah, is it gonna swing to the east or the west right, first? Right, right. And that's the one of the key factors that we look at in what we do is the wind. That's probably the most important, if not r- I think for sure the most important. Because that determines everything that we plan for the rest of the day. Yeah. where we're going, what direction we're going. We've got, you know, it, it not only in our mind, not only written down, but not only in our mind, we have all of the sets laid out where if there's a wind for this, you know, if the wind's out of this direction, there's a set for this location. And and that's just kind of how we plan it out. And and, and then we kind of break it down even further into that, where if it's deer season, if it's late season, well, man, that place ain't going to work because it's so pressured. Yeah. There's no yeah. sense in going there. But but we we really base
1: our sets around wind right well I think as far as a coyote smell I mean their senses their smell I think if you're smelt, then you're done but if you're seen maybe he doesn't know what he's seen I think you can still have a chance to fool that coyote or even hear if he hears something he didn't like I still think you have a good chance of fooling him you know a better chance but if he smells you dude you're done it's over
0: that's a that's a chance of that coyote that's a good point there's there's a saying too and i can't remember which i've got it on my sig line i've said it before but they'll they'll hear you three times see you twice and only smell you once and then they're done and that's that that saying rings true with what you're doing if they smell you man you you know you're done
1: yeah for sure done.
0: but going into detail on on the three things like I said, if you can fool, and you've heard, you've heard, this isn't. This is just common sense for not just a hunting predator, but hunting any kind of animal. If you can fool their sight, if you can get in unseen, if you can play the wind, and you can get in stealthy and and without being heard, you're going to obviously increase your success rate. Right? You're going to increase your odds so much more. You're going to be a, a, so much more successful. Which is why um, it, it kind of leads us into the next topic on on filming, but the way that we go about it is is a lot more, I would say, meticulous than anybody than than than, than a lot of
1: guys. It's got to be, it's got to be to get that. I mean, that's like you said before. That's just like taking a third person in or a fourth person in, carrying that big old camera. That's exactly what it is, you know, and. Turn my mic up a tiny bit, would you?
0: There you go. And it's, it's uh, like he said, you're bringing a whole other aspect to it. And we're, of course, you know, I don't want it to sound like nobody else is going out there to, to set up for success. We're going up there to set up for success because we're bringing the camera. You know, that's uh, your goal in the end is to be tactical. You want to be successful in the end and utilize every advantage that you can to fool your quarry, to Put a bullet in that coyote to, to, right. to kill him and yeah, that's your goal that's that's a successful set is that's what most guys look at it as but when we're going in we break it down and we go in a lot slower
1: than most i mean i think if we didn't have that camera there would be a lot of sets we would probably do a lot different a lot different you know i wouldn't be if you just went in kill mode i mean you would change things so much and it could be
0: an advantage and a disadvantage for sure. what we're doing because sure. I, I guarantee you there's spots where we would just, we would be able to hammer almost in a 360 degree right, right. and but be successful.
1: Right. If, if we didn't, if we didn't have that camera, I would set up, I would set up so I could make a 600 yard shot if I had to. Exactly. We don't do that when you're calling when you're filming. You and, know. and when we, and
0: when we break the, the, the sets down with the cameras and, you know, I, I think that filming actually makes you a better hunter and not to you know nitpick against anybody that doesn't do that but i I heard it from a professional i was watching i I, you know tom miranda we said this earlier but he's a he used to be a state trapper for the state of south dakota before he got big into what he's doing and he said it on his on his instagram page that trappers make the best bow hunters and, and it just makes sense because they are so meticulous at what they do. They're so detailed about what they do. They're so elaborate about their sets because, you know, you have to be. Yeah, you're at a disadvantage to start with. you got to be. You have to be. I mean, you're bringing your scent in there. You're trying to set it up to make everything natural and to be successful and, and to get closer to that animal. And it's the same, you can apply the same principle to, to, to what we do regarding filming because we're bringing that camera in and, and that's an art in itself to try and, I mean, killing a coyote on set is plain. And, and this isn't us praising ourselves, guys. It's not. It's just the fact of the situation. When you're filming, you, it doesn't work if that animal's not on the camera. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. There's been times where if that coyote's going to not on the screen – and we're in an area where it needs to die, it's going to die. It depends on how pissed off the coyote gets James.
1: That's <laughs> not necessarily, but, but it, yeah, it, that's part of it. Yeah.
0: But there's a kill lane, you know, there's a zone in front of that camera that we want to bring that animal into before we actually squeeze the trigger. And, and with that comes a sense of art. You know, you have to be able to finesse. It's a f- finesse, you know, you got to coax that animal. You got to work that animal into that location. Yeah. Sometimes it just happens, and a lot of times
1: you have to work for it. It's always different. I mean, you could have a coyote come flying in on you, you know, shotgun kill or what have you. You could have a coyote that you got to work for 10 or 15 minutes. Or longer, you know. Yeah, or longer. And it, it, with
0: that, that added feature, that added obstacle of the camera, um, not only do we take more advantages regarding uh, concealment, Like our ghillie hoods, prone at one one shooter, ninety, a hundred percent of the time will prone out if they can, and that's not to. be And if you can't, you find a way so you can
1: elevate or you know get get into a different we move. Extend your bipod legs so you still can. You might be laying downhill, but your gun is is level. You know, it's lay your pack in front of you. I've
0: done that a couple times. Yep. And it's not to just be different. It's and it's not. I mean, I think prone. We can go into detail on that on a different podcast. Is a more solid shooting position period you can't really argue against that. It is right. But it it eliminates another person's profile. I mean that last set that we made, it wasn't the last set, but it was the second to last set. We called in that double east and I was down setting the call up and Keith was getting down into prone position with his ghillie hood on. You were gone. You were just completely gone behind that little blue stem and I couldn't even pick you out. And that is a huge advantage by being able to lower your profile, get down low and i mean sure we we got the camera sticking up but we usually try to brush that in with some kind of background like i was sitting behind some buck brush on that case or we'll look for a soapweed or yucca plant or yep. a big patch of blue stem big blue or switch or indian grass but any the, little thing that to, 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 to break up you to help your yeah. outline yep. mesh or mold into the background and the ghillie hoods really help they do i oh, mean yeah I just had a guy from Idaho call and ask me about that, and I kind of explained it to him. And camouflage is a whole nother we'll, we'll, we'll go into that on a different podcast. Yeah. But, but being able to get into those situations and eliminate one guy's profile, literally eliminate it, is huge, especially when you're running the camera. And we get guys going, oh, dude, you don't, why, why the hell are you going prone? This is why. Because right. most guys that, that don't go... All you
1: have to worry about is, is concealing the camera the best you can. And we... The other, the shooters are going to be down prone. You're not going to see them. You just got to worry about that camera and the guy running it and the camera legs. You know, you can prone them out as far as you can, but you got to still stay above that grass and keep that focus. And exactly, I mean, there's so many little things. Exactly. And we've got the camera legs kind of camoed
0: out with some tape, right. tan tape, which right. it, it's real effective. It is real good. Kind of a fuzzy tape that that really breaks up the outline. But, man, our cameras aren't little single sensors. You know, they got three CMOS sensors, so they're a good five to seven pound five pound camera i would say that is yeah. probably but it, it's it's a it's a larger profile to try and hide so a big that's black
1: box on a damn tripod is what it, you know
0: and it, it'll it, stand out if
1: you're not careful
0: and it, it's still an object you know whether a coyote can tell it's an object or it, it it's a besides the point because they notice it they can notice something it. different in their area yep it's not like it's been in that position for the past six months right but that's kind of how i mean we, we'll break it down and i think by filming it really does add and not necessarily an advantage but a different perspective because we're breaking down every set to the fullest we're we're, we're scrutinizing every single aspect going in whether it's the train whether it's the sun in our face which a lot of times you can't fix with the wind for sure we always play the wind but we're always setting up to be successful with a good visual, and that is just really in all honesty basic fundamentals of hunting because if you don't have a good visual it's you're probably not going to be yeah, able to camera see
1: camera or no camera I mean that's just a no brainer get up where you can see get up you know that's an advantage itself right there exactly and 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 it is it's
0: just kind of common sense but by by breaking it down and going into into detail on all of the little aspects of of a set, it just I think like I said, it it makes you a better hunter. Oh yeah. And it just makes you 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 pay attention to little things that you don't otherwise. And and I'll, we'll directly relate this to 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 contest
1: hunters. Even and when we're going like before, you even going into a set or whatever, we're wearing packs, our rifles are in our pack. Everything, camera, everything. When we start getting like if we got to peek up over a hill or anything like that, we'll even take our packs off and carry them beside us so our cameras aren't Absolutely. Them over the hill. That's a perfect So it's just little tiny things that just I don't know might get us an extra three or four coyotes. I don't know. It a does, week, you know. It does a hundred percent. Right. Because like
0: what that's a that's a good point. We're when we're, we're going into to a set and we know that we, our hill our hoods come up. Right. With the jute, with the mock, with the stock grass.
1: As soon as you get out of the pickup, your hoods are on,
0: per se. Even though the the profile of of, of our silhouette, of our human silhouette, is lower than the stock of our rifle, like you said, when we know we're going to break that 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 skyline, yep. we instantly, man, the, the, the pack goes, slides off to the side, and it's crossways across my back, and we're yep. walking in yep. so that that stock of that rifle
1: isn't, is is still isn't silhouetted right isn't skylined that way your eyes are the closest thing to the top of the skyline so i mean so you can see you know yep and then
0: there comes our our optics right part of thing you know part part of the this whole picture we got the optics we're glassing fits right in but that's that's a good point man that's something i probably wouldn't have remembered to tell guys when we go over that's
1: that's and we should show that in some videos and we're not saying we walk right up over the top of the hill you know, you might go around the hill, but you're still going to take that pack off and get that silhouette lower. So your eyes are the closest thing to the top of the grass that pops over so you can see. And that's
0: another whole other aspect too: going around versus going over. You know, you, you just have to factor that in. There's this right. couple spots where it just depends. You, you could
1: get burned either way. You might go around or we might have a spot that we go around because if we go over the top, we're, I mean, we're more exposed for say but for a lot less time. Right. And it's the other way around. Sometimes we might go right up over the top because it's only 10 yards on the other side of the hill where if we walked around, we we're walking 75 yards in the open. Yep. So, it, I mean, it just depends on the train.
0: And it, Yep. It depends on the train and it's a coin toss. It depends on, yep. you You don't know where that animal is. Yeah. And it, it could be a lot of it getting in boils down to luck. But if you can eliminate as as, as many variables that are within your power, such as, you know, like I said, getting in there stealthy, getting in there uh, without being seen or smelt. If you can eliminate those variables, then the rest of it is almost luck where right. that animal
1: right. is. And our decision as far as going over the top or around has a lot to do with before we go into that set, we kind of have an idea or think we know or have a, you know, the chances are better that say the coyote's coming from this way rather than this way. So we'll go around or, or what have you, you know, so and, And yeah, I mean, it's it's a guess for say, but we kind of have an idea what direction the coyotes are usually. And that
0: is that's right, and it also depends on like the time of the day, right? You know, if if it's if it's morning versus evening, that also plays a part in where we're guesstimating where that animal's going to be coming from, right? But to to go back to what I was talking about, you know, we'll break it down into into like contest hunting. We we've done that before. Oh, I yeah. mean, it's it's fun. We're I would say past our competition
1: days. You we know, I don't, started Kyle hunting. You know, when we did, we were doing a lot more calling contests. For say, when we were younger kids, you know,
0: that was more for for we were doing it more for contest than we were for what we're doing now filming. Yeah, for us, it makes more sense to, to it, it makes more sense not just because of the companies that we're working with right now, in in the filming aspect, but it makes more sense because. I think we're getting a better, we're getting a lot of the animals that need to be killed, killed because of how we do it. Yeah. And and like I said, contest hunting, uh, think about what you got to do. Think about a, 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 a just a, a traditional contest set. What do you do? You park as close as you can to the set. The more sets you make, the better your chances are to kill coyotes. And how long does your typical set last?
1: 10 minutes, maybe? 12?
0: Max, I would say 12. Yeah. yeah. And if nothing commits, you're out. Yep. And you're, and you're running into sets. If you're sets.
1: hardcore in some big tournaments, big contests, yeah, you're definitely running and running gun, man.
0: You run in, you set up. If something commits within 10 minutes, good. If it doesn't, you run back to your truck and you go again.
1: And, and if and that coyote's hanging out there 900 yards, it's going to be a lot of work you leave him go
0: and how many times do we make a set where we kill a coyote beyond that eight minute mark that everybody says if they if it doesn't come in with eight minutes your your chances your percentage of success dramatically decreases
1: i would say 75 percent of our sets
0: more so than not are and killed after eight minutes and that's what a lot of guys have no idea they're like, Oh, I was that way. I was that way. I was like, Oh man, we're at eight minute mark. Guess what? Uh, you just start dragging, You're like yeah. screw it. Man. Uh, nothing's
1: going to come in. Let's not even try anything.
0: Don't that's the mo. that's the biggest failure that guys listen to. That's a joke because we have killed. I mean, and it might be, I, I guarantee you we've killed coyotes that have actually walked through an area that didn't hear our first set, our first sequence, but they were just traveling, doing their thing. And they walked into hearing into into the, the the radius of where they could hear it, and they committed to the call. And there's been a lot of other times where
1: it's just taken us 40 minutes to work one in, right? To get him content. To and get... I think there's been sets that we've had that say you play something for, I don't know, say you're on set 15 minutes and nothing, and then all of a sudden you see one out there at eight nine hundred yards and isn't coming in. I think, and then let's say he was coming in maybe to something you played in the first three minutes of the set. So now you got to run back through, maybe play with him a little bit and see what sound that was, that was bringing him in to start with that. We couldn't see him at that time. And every single
0: set, every, no matter if it's the same exact set, every set is different. Every, that's what a lot of you, you, you can apply a blanket principle to, to a predator, but the way that we look at it is each one of them is like a fingerprint they're different everybody has a different fingerprint and every coyote is different and I mean like I said it's easy to apply the same principles to everything to throw a blanket over the whole species and go all right this will work this will work but it, it doesn't all the time there's guys that say hey man what do you what, what buttons are you pushing what, how are you doing this how just because we're in a, I don't know my
1: first, your, our first set of the day or our third. What? I mean,
0: every single set, we don't run through the same damn thing after every, I could not tell you the sequence of events. This, the same sequence that we all sit down and I'll look in glass and go, all right, this is this kind of a set. This is what we're going to start with now.
1: Oh yeah. There'll be times we get back in the pickup from the first set. Didn't get nothing. Maybe go into the next set. And you're like, "Ah, I think I'm going to try this first and then we get to the set and it's something totally different like well so much for trying that i guess but you don't know it's like who knows you got to got to work you know just work the system i guess
0: yep and it, and it, a lot of it does uh, i mean it, you you'll when you start doing it, it you'll get some experience with it you know there's a lot of guys that do have really probably like a written outline of what to play first sure. and then what they cycle through to hit yep but i don't i don't look at it that way i'm a little more elaborate with what i do regarding the call with how we do it and the last thing that i want to do is go into a spot and ruin it yeah, by by yeah. by playing by, by by pushing every damn button in the book right that's the 180 degrees from what i my goal is going in there if i can go in there and get a, a coyote to commit from one sound freaking force multiplier that's all he's gonna hear is one sound and then we can go back in there with a different one
1: the reason for that is let's say there might be two or three other coyotes that are in hearing distance but don't want to respond to that one particular sound that you're playing for that coyote that you know is coming in so why play a bunch of other sounds if they're not coming in to start with i'll call this coyote and i'll shoot him you know
0: we'll get out of there discreet yeah and we'll come come back back in two
1: days or come back tomorrow and go for those other two, and or we've three or whatever,
0: and we've done that before,
1: lots of times.
0: Guys are like, "How often do you call the same set?" We'll go back this next day. Well, tell them about that when you went down to get B roll. We went down, was that
1: last year, two years ago,
0: two years ago. might even been three. We go in there, make a set, call in a pair. The female kind of hangs up out there, probably four hundred yards. And it was you and
1: John, I believe.
0: John and I, yeah. We get the male to come in, and he starts circling downwind over a meadow that was kind of flooded with a little bit of ice on it, and. I think John killed him at probably 150 yards or so. The female bolt. It never stopped. No sense in making a running Which shot.
1: happens quite a bit of, you know... Quite little, often. More often than not, if you kill that male first.
0: And and you can throw whatever you want at the kitchen sink at her, and she's going to frickin' not turn around. Right. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes you pop another one in, but that's another thing, too. I don't necessarily do that a lot of times. If, if you know your location and what's there, there's no sense exactly what you said. No sense is throwing sounds out there that's going to have coyotes that are 800 yards out there looking
1: at you going, oh, okay. And you, you can, ain't never... You can read that coyote after that first shot if she's bolting and doesn't even give a look back over her shoulder.
0: Or slow up and start loping. No, you it, Just pack it up and quit. And then... So we'll, anyways. And anyway, so we, we kill that coyote and it was getting late and I got a bunch of B-roll. And what I like to do is B-rolls, obviously fake fake footage but what i like to do is go back to the same exact location as to where we made that kill and acquire more footage for the production so guys can see the train, they can see the layout they can see how we got in there and it's a cool factor regarding the visual and the cinematography but it's the same setup right well we go in there and we we go in there the next day the next day right about the same exact time so we can get the same sun and that's pretty elaborate for a YouTube video. But we get in there and we go we go slow because we're filming ourselves come in. I'm setting the DSLR up in front of us on a tripod. We're sneaking past it. Then we're changing the angle. We get into set. I get the hand call out, rip a howl off, and guess what happens? The next day, that bitch comes right back in. Right back in. Off of one howl. Yeah. And little things like that you learn. You know, you call in a double. There's been more than a handful of times where... You kill that that lead coyote and you come back and you can go back to that spot if you know what you're doing and then there's luck involved sure each animal's different again
1: and and what if you were to play that that the day before nothing right you think you think she would have responded to a howl that day that same day that we killed no kill. uh-uh, you sure, I mean? her,
0: her her mate was gone and she right. was looking for him hell right. yeah exactly yep. and you get you start putting two and two together and you start adding it up and you start thinking about it and you're like all right this is you you learn from it and there's little details like that where most guys won't do that because they you know what they're they don't want to go back to that spot they go 300 miles away and make a set and like fuck screw that spot yeah well that's not how we operate that's not what we do we're we're taking these numbers in a very small radius of where we live And a lot of guys we're not the only ones here throwing out calls that's for dang sure and and it's not like we're any better. We we definitely have a lot of different options regarding gear selection that most guys right. don't have, unfortunately. And
1: we probably put in the most time, but there might be somebody else that's better. That's cool. Might Absolutely. More. Might. One
0: hundred percent. One hundred percent. They yeah. just probably don't film it like we do. Right. That's maybe the difference.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They might be a three-day a week coyote caller where we're five, six, sometimes seven, depending. You know. Yep. Exactly. And they might kill more than us.
0: So be it. And it's, to me, it's not really about the, 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 it's a quality versus quantity aspect. I like the quality of the hunt versus the quantity.
1: Well, as soon as you introduce that camera, that's, that's what it's got to be.
0: That's it, It's a downfall. That's massive.
1: It, it's got to be all quality.
0: But the difference, the thing is, is we're still getting the quantity. It comes with the quality of work and and once you you know you i don't want to say you acquire a certain skill set but once you you kind of know what you're doing the numbers will come yeah you just got to put in your time and figure it out Right, right and the another thing too regarding filming i mean just because we go into one set and we we walk in we set up everything's picture perfect but nothing commits we don't see anything at all nothing i look at that as a win I mean, we didn't get to pull the trigger and, and and kill something on film. But to me, that excites me because I know that we can go back there any time and have yeah. a, a probably a pretty good chance that there's going to be an animal in that area. Because the areas we hunt, like you said, they're not necessarily cold areas. We know there's coyotes there. We've seen them there. We hear them there. We've seen sites. They're there somewhere. But they just might not be within that, 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 so- that sound. Yeah radius and, and,
1: a, and a lot of times what we'll do on sets like that maybe maybe we made that set that evening you know last set of the day for say and nothing you know didn't even hear howl. next time we'll try and do it maybe a morning set maybe they're there in the morning you yep. know
0: that's a good that's a that pre- takes us into another point too where north clearances right yeah we would go in there and call in a double almost all the time whether or not we would kill a double
1: is and these is, were smart coyotes these these are coyotes had been shot at from neighbors driver buys what have you
0: months before we would go in right months and we would get them to commit whether they were coming in as a single but there was usually a pair or more in there and we would kill one and not really be able to pull out a double because once you Tripped that trigger that other one was not gonna wouldn't give you a second yeah, shot and, yeah. and i'm not all about i mean nothing against running shots but it, i mean when they're 400 yards away and they're hauling ass i don't there's no sense in i mean throwing a hail mary which you can contact sometimes
1: oh if you hit oh that was cool you know but how often you know your chances the the percentages
0: are slim and you're in half the time he's not on camera so right. if you did do it people are like yeah you're so foolish 800 yards run Kyle with 250 with the zeus <laughs>
1: but um back to where you're you're calling these coyotes and 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 getting a double to come in or commit or even not so much commit but maybe one commits and one holds up just like that same we call the same same place but from the total opposite direction
0: call the same area same coyotes same coyotes in the same area but instead of working it from the east side we're going to wait for an east wind and work it from the west side. Yep. And, it, and it hammers. Perfect. You, we did it last year. We killed, well, we only killed two. We killed one from the east side. We worked it from the other side and killed one from the, from the west side. Yeah. But you have to break it down and look at stuff like that yeah, just because. Yeah,
1: they're not dumb, man. They're freaking, them bastards will get you.
0: You're the one that said it too. You, you said it like probably three years ago when we're over there and we're over east and, and we're sitting up in that blowout or that washout Yeah, on that cliff side. And in, in, we'd get them to pop up and maybe get one to come in and kill one. And then they'd start just popping up and not really wanting to commit. You're like, maybe they just affiliate this area with danger because it's happened over and over right. and over. Right. And that's the truth. Right. You start figuring that out. Well, you go to the other side and boom, they come blazing in. What's the difference? Yeah, exactly. The difference is we set up in this on the within their territory on a different location. Yep. Maybe get in a little closer, maybe completely, that's part of it too, getting in a little bit closer, but we can't from the east side. Right. So things like that that we kind of look at going into sets. Um, I actually, I try to pay attention to guys that are a lot better than me, and most of those guys are, say, are big game hunters, you know, like Miranda. Those guys are legit. Miranda, Shockey, that, you know, they've got a lot of followers, but there's a reason they are where they are. They've got a lot of intel, a lot of insight, so much knowledge to give. And I, heard, I remember this was probably three or four years ago. Jim said this, the shockster said it, and it's 100% the truth. And that's how I almost look at going in, into every set, even though I don't say it. I think it, when you go in to a set, you disturb that location, okay? No matter what, no matter whether you're a contest hunter and you're running in, which we should probably talk about after a, a little bit more because of, of, of the, the sight aspect, the animal being able to see you, how much easier they see something yeah. moving fast versus something yeah. creeping that they may never see. But you, you disturb that location no matter what you think with your scent, with, with your sight, anything. You're not natural to that environment. And when you get into that location, you look at it like a little pond. No wind, no breeze, just like a glass, mirror. Yeah. mirror perfect. Mirror, glass on top, not even a ripple. Well, when you get into that set, you create whipple or ripples. You you create waves. It's like you throwing a little pebble into that pond. And when we get there, this is this falls right back into our optics, how we what we do. We get in discreet as we can, we get set up in a location where our 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 silhouettes are, are broken up as well as they possibly can be for that spot and we just hunker in get the call out there as slow as we can which we need to do that talk about that real quick too how we get the call how we get right. the call out but we hunker back in we get the camera settings on the gunner's down and our eyes are glued to the optics and we let everything go back to normal and that in itself takes 10 or 15 minutes
1: yeah Yeah.
0: You let everything go back to normal. You see that deer that might've saw you walk in and when he, 10 minutes later, he forgets about you, starts grazing, wagging his tail, doing what he does. Everything's back to normal. There's a point there where you just let that pond, you let the ripples, you let the waves go down and get back to glass.
1: Yeah. That's a good one.
0: And that's really, uh, I mean, to, to paint a picture verbally, that is just that's a really, really good way to look at it. And, and there's nothing different about that versus what we're telling you. Getting indiscreet, not being seen, not being heard, not being se- uh, smelled. It's the same thing.
1: Yeah, just like the, the, the set we were just talking about calling from the west and then switching to the east or what have you. We, the last time we made a set there and didn't call anything in, but we made a set there. We probably sat there for forty five minutes. We went in in the dark, and waited for the sun to come up. And it was sub zero because our the sun was at our backs, coming up at our uh, in our from our back. And as soon as that sun popped up over the horizon, anything out there to the to the west of us would blaze like neon from that sun hitting it. Yep, and that's just getting in there and and. Not making a sound and laying there. We were we laid there for 45 minutes. I was froze stiff. Solid you you looked up at me.
0: You looked up at me like, dude, what are you waiting for? <laughs> like
1: <laughs> we can I could see I was like, dude, I could see good. You yeah. know, I, and he's like, No, we gotta wait for that sun to pop up over.
0: And you guys were laying on frozen ground and it yep. was it was below zero that morning. And yep. that's a perfect example of it. We yeah. just laid there and waited. Right. Let everything go back to normal, glass for as long as we could. And normal guys aren't gonna do that. Which is fine, but right. we're just telling you kind of the, the amount. If if you wanna have quality, you wanna be able to kill, you wanna get the trigger time and and make one successful set out of two or three days, do this. Don't 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 try to make set after set after set after set and cover so much ground fast, quick, having stuff yeah. see you or hear you. Just break it down and get elaborate on it.
1: Well, do it do it like your deer stand in the morning. You don't walk into your deer stand in the with the sun up and and start grunting or rattling you get in your blind you get in your tree stand 15 20 30 minutes before the sun comes up and we dark you know try that
0: and we apply that even though it might not be dark when we get in there to a middle a a noon or one o'clock in the afternoon set even though it's during the day we creep in as slow as we can and then we get set up and we just sit there and wait yeah but that's that's a I, i i really like that that uh that the way that that shockey you know kind of described that it, it makes a lot of sense Yeah, it does, and it's just common sense but um there was two things we were going to talk about one was setting the call out
1: and same things even before you set the call out getting into our spot you know setting up the camera where we position ourselves and obviously we're in stealth mode, from the time we get out of the vehicle, glassing what have you, whether we go around or over the top, I mean, just determines on what the wind's doing, what 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 the set gives us. But as far as setting up the camera, I mean, what do you like to do?
0: Uh, I mean, what I like to do is get one before when we're going in terrain, utilize the train. right? Like that one set down on the river, we hit instead of popping up over for a quick skyline and getting down in. We followed a draw in, took as much time as we could because and,
1: and following that draw in, we might walk an extra three, four hundred yards just to stay in that draw because we're in the shadows. Right, we're down low. Shadows, shadows are amazing.
0: Just like that elk hunt, yes, that was a, something that you. If you sh- shadows play a huge part in you getting away with a lot of movement. Yep, we were in. We did that elk hunt with uh, Daryl, and we. I mean, it, shadows are a massive. Stay in the shadows. Yep. Utilize the yep. shadows. Yep. You, you're out in the middle of the sun blazing at your face. I mean, they can see that easy. Real, yeah. Just as yeah. easy as you can see them when the sun's at your back. Right. Easier probably. They can see you easier. Yep. But what I look for when I set the camera up is what everybody should look for on a, on a good stand. Um, I would say in most cases, elevation. You want to be able, a coyote wants to do the same thing. They want to see what they're coming into. You want to see them when they're coming into what they're coming into and in order to do that you, your your best bet is to try to gain some elevation and the, the trickiest part of that is not getting gaining so much elevation that, that you're skylined but that's why we've developed the, the ghillie hoods that we have because when a skyline set is necessary and a lot of times out here it is this year is going to be different because there's so many we've had so much moisture There's so many patches of Indian, big blue, switchgrass that we can literally get our backs right into and make a set on the skyline with no problem. But on, on regular years where the pastures are overgrazed, not, not overgrazed, but they're grazed down and we have a regular amount of moisture where the patches of grass aren't as, you know, nearly as many as are flourishing as they are this year. Right. But we have to set
1: up on skyline sometimes and when you're skyline like that, I mean I do it. I know you do it. If you're filming whoever's filming They they don't have the camera off to the side So it's skylined also the camera's in line with your body. So your body is breaking up that camera skyline So the only thing skyline is maybe your ghillie hood Just to take away, you know Some of that that silhouette that odd shape
0: and the same thing applies to the gunner too. Sure because your rifle profile, what you try to do is, here, you you need to break that down too. Maybe
1: maybe the sun's shining. you know, I'll lay that rifle down sideways so it's down in the grass until I see a coyote or that, just to prevent uh, reflection. And we do the Camera's same thing. With, the same way.
0: And, and, which the hood is a really good, basically a sunshade for the right, camera. Right. But for the binos, that's tough. So right. usually when we're glassing, we got our hands yeah. over as a sunshade, yep. which that's an awesome point. Yep. But being able to... to uh, think about little things like that get yeah. you know real real elaborate on your sets with the with the camera getting set up like i said i look for elevation and something anything that's on the side of this hill that i can get down either in around beside That's a natural landmark whether it's a uh, A big soapweed that you can sit in and just completely disappear. Whether it's a you know a a shin high soapweed that's that's a black spot on the side of an open hill that you can get down right beside, or it's you know anything a cliff, a washout, um, a patch of grass, and then that's where we build our set around with a clear zone, a a clear kill zone from the location we think that the coyotes are coming from. But break it down where you how you when you get set up because guys that aren't doing what we're doing where if i'm filming or you're filming most guys are probably either going by themselves or they're they're with a partner um how do you set up your weapon system your your rifle your optic when you're on set like you said you laid it down but what direction
1: so here's what happens on our sets the camera guy is the boss where he sets up is where that's where that's he sets up first and he's going to set up the best he can. And it doesn't matter if it's me or you, it doesn't whoever's running that camera. That's it, where we set up. Whoever's running the camera is telling you this is what's going to be. This is where I can set up. This is where I can prone out the camera legs, anything the best footage spot I can get right here. <coughs> so what I'll do if I'm not filming, I'll get as close as that camera guy as I can because he is the boss and he says, shoot or don't shoot. And I want to be the guy that shoots. <laughs> so I'm going to get as close to that damn camera as I can. So I can hear him say, okay, shoot, you know, good. Take him where uh, John hasn't figured that out yet. <laughs> and I ain't going to tell him. But anyways, uh, I'll get on the downwind side of the camera, meaning maybe it's a Northwest wind. And I think the coyote's going to circle, which it will It circle downwind 90% of the time. <clears throat> so I'll get on the downwind side of this, this, the camera, and then what I'll do is I'll set my car or my, uh, my weapons system. I'll, 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 face it. Not all the way downwind, but I'll maybe split the difference in half. The reason being, I think that coyote's going to come that way, but I don't know if he's going to circle hard. I don't know if he's going to circle just a little bit. You know, I don't, I don't know. So if I have to move a little bit, yeah, that's fine. But I don't want to move from the camera facing straight Northwest to all the way over here if i don't have to so i have that gun set halfway so it's just a little bit of movement and i think that i think that helps a lot too you know that helps a lot way a lot that just just by doing
0: we're we're a tradition where somebody might go you know what all right i'm gonna set i'm just gonna face into the wind right they right. don't think about that animal. What they do 99% of the time is they right. use their nose. They come in with the intent yep. of cir- smelling what they're going to eat. And or smelling- Obviously,
1: you're going to get a hard charger that comes straight in every once in a while. But, I mean, I'm banking on that's not going to happen, you know. So. And,
0: and if it does, usually those animals are moving so fast that you can get away with a little bit more versus an animal right. that's really, right. really, yep. you know— d- d- paying attention to what's going on stopping looking sitting down listening starting to circle yeah but that's a really good point point. and then then so once we've got that established you know once we've got our elevation our backdrop uh the the gunner has his you know all right i think with the train, and, and you, you 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 scrutinize the train, you know if you have a big a big cut bank on your left side with the northwest wind more than likely, you're going to set up facing north northeast because you're thinking that that animal's not going to follow the the, the more aggressive train. He wants to take the, the path of least resistance, right? And circle so that. And I pay attention and watch. I mean, that's just something that we do too with the right. guy. right? And you have to think about wind. Is you know this is something that you think that a lot of guys don't win. Winds like water. If there's man, there's you know you get into a scent and there's guys like oh you can call with the wind. Man, don't even don't mess with that. You
1: can. You can call all you want the wind. <laughs> I don't know what you're calling in, but <laughs> other than more wind. Right? Oh, know. that's good. <laughs> I knew that was
0: there. I had some guy, man, I should so throw his name out there, no. but he just hammers everything that I do, man. He's he's no matter you, do, he's he knows everything. Just ask him, he'll tell you. But man, <laughs> he's you got a sound, you, you got a set cone. It goes over the ridge and it expands to this degree, and I'm like, dude, you can't, you, you, and this is what I want. I wanted to get a smoke bomb, dude, a smoke bomb. Pull the pin, throw it out, and it'll show you what that wind does. There's a scent cone. Come on, man. yeah, there is, but it's not what you think it is. The scent right. cone might be look like a snake going down the. That's yeah. what it does. Yeah, you
1: got you got the wind coming this way, and there's a ridge that's running almost cutting the wind in half. That that wind's gonna rip right down that draw and then fly out the other side. It's like and that's what it does yeah
0: the wind you could call in a coyote a thousand yards away and that wind might be blowing 180 degrees it, thermals everything affects wind yeah and in in if you i mean the the basic rule of thumb is have it in your face you know if you're
1: if it you, don't, it doesn't always work like that but you're still going to have it in your advantage whether it's a little crosswind or what have you set up
0: with a with yeah, with at least so it's not at your back. Right. And if it is quartering, you know, if it's if it's full value to you from left to right 90 degrees or even quartering a little maybe 75 degrees set up with the train. So if you can see that animal present himself before yeah. he yeah. smells that and set that call up upwind up further wind. so that he has to circle so in he's going to
1: circle your fate right in your face instead of back behind you or where you don't have a shot.
0: And we should do that we kind of do that on some of these t4 videos guys we should break that down a little bit more for you because it 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 might be hard for some of the guys that are you know beginners to understand what we're saying but it's really just common sense i mean we do like i said man we scrutinize these sets to the fullest and a lot of guys are going what the hell are you guys talking about you guys really think about that much shit when you're going and we do yeah and it's fun because here's the thing we're not running in trying to kill mass murder don't get don't don't we
1: might make two three sets a day if three sets if we're hammering as far as by the time we get
0: by the time we get kills and by the time we go back and film and show guys how to do it and it's a lot of footwork and it's a lot of miles to get the numbers that we get with the camera right we've only got like 15 coyotes so far this year but we've had elk hunters and its middle end of november yeah not quite we well, don't even start killing them till after deer season, and that doesn't yeah, start yeah. till well, even sometimes after we're, elk season, which is the end of December. As I say, we're usually December from December on, we're pretty hardcore. And to film the almost 90% of the
1: animals that were taken, here's, here's the s- thing everybody else is calling these coyotes in October, you know what I mean? So here we come in December, so we gotta be the way we are. I bet you 75% of those coyotes have heard a call by the time we're calling. Maybe not that many, but half.
0: I bet you're right. That And that's a good way to look at it. You, that's a really good way to look at it. And, and even if, say even if, the, a lot of these animals aren't, uh, haven't heard it before, there's still not an excuse to not do it the right way. Right. Or do it the, you know, a, yep. a way that, yep. that, that'll that teach you to be more successful in the end. Yep. And so so once we get all of those... All of that established, you know, all of those aspects, getting in, uh, determining a field firing position.
1: Set up the call for
0: him. What we do with the call is usually the guy, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll usually set the call out because I always carry the call in yeah. my pack. Yeah, And it's just, you don't even have to think about it. What When you start doing this over and over and over, you just look at the train, you look at your kill zone, and you're like, the call's going right there. Because the wind's like this. I'm setting it here so that the coyote circles here.
1: The goal is to get that coyote to go in between us and the call for film footage.
0: That's the goal because then you've got him fooled. Get the call. The electronic call has made a big difference. And we'll do that on the podcast too. Electronic versus hand. We started with, it's not even going there, but we set the electronic call out there. And, And there's times where we use both. There's times where we've used both hand calls versus electronic calls. But when you're filming, the, the advantage goes to an electronic call cuz it, it 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 really deters
1: their their attention. Yeah. And the thing you got to realize on an e-call is are now you're not the one being smelled it's the call. So if you set that call out there 150 200 yards,
0: which is a lot of times is what we do.
1: Yes. Uh, now you got that scent on that call is what they're going to circle.
0: And you imagine that 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 wind, that water trail, that stream yep. of scent. It's coming from that call, and in a lot of times we'll set it on a corner. There's a cut coming in in front of it. There's a cut coming in behind it, and you imagine what that scent is doing. And I'm down there when I set that call out, kind of kneel down, kind of look, and I'm like, get back to the set. And you're like, all right, Keith, y- you have to kill that yep. coyote. Needs yep. to be killed before it hits this landmark, right? Otherwise, he could he could yeah. smell yep. Yep. and he's gone. And and usually when I set out that call, it's it's not necessarily straight into the wind, but a lot of times that's the direction of it right There's times where we've set it behind us. I've set the call behind us and made them look right over you, proned out, cameras low, they look right over you and there's certain times where you just have to do it it, 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 just, it all depends on the train but when we're when we're setting the call out there, and we should do a little get more a little a little more elaborate on some of this stuff with like a t four episode kind of how we sometimes when we set it behind us or where we set it, but right when I'm out there setting the call up, I'm always, I'm, I've got my hood up. I'm hunched over. I'm squatted down, walking real slow and almost lunging to the, to the location where I'm going to put that call. Because it's a lot of times it takes me five minutes to get that call a hundred yards.
1: And I'm glassing. You're checking back every 10
0: seconds. I'm looking back at Keith and he'll either give me a fricking hold up or you're good to go. and, and, I don't know. You know, if he sees one, there's been more times than you'd you'd even guess that you've got one picked out by the time I'm halfway out there and you're like, stop, wait, he might be looking, he might not. And then that helps a lot because, you know, he can tell me there's been a a lot of times where you've actually told me or John or whoever's sending the call out there that that coyote's not looking anymore. Right. And I think that that's a, a difference between having a successful set or not. And and if you're going solo, that's something that you almost you just almost can't do. Right. It's it's tough.
1: And if if John's with us with the shotgun, a lot of times we'll send the call out with him, because with that shotgun he's gonna set so close to the call anyways. So there's no sense of sending John out there with a the shotgun and then James walking out there with the call.
0: Two two more you know things. We'll, we'll
1: send it out with the shotgun and uh, set it up that way too.
0: Yep. And that's kind of how we. I mean, we kind of break it down. You know, and like I said, there's, there's absolutely nothing against the ways that guys like to do it, whether you, you, you like to film, whether you just like to go out and enjoy the sport, whether you're, you're a competition hunter, everything is different. And I mean, it's, you, you hear some of the professionals tell you how to do it, but they don't do it that way. You know, you, if you can get in so discreet, but if you're, if you're trying to, you know, kill 10 coyotes in a day to win a contest, you ain't going in discreet you're you're just not you're going in as fast as you can and and you have to pay attention to the animal because they're gonna see they're gonna see what uh i mean it's not just coyotes deer everything sees you guys you know they're they're like well camouflage doesn't mean anything because they they, they watch movement more than anything that might be true but, but i mean you're gonna
1: get away with a lot more movement with that camel on i think so i think
0: i absolutely especially when you're on the camera and you're moving left and right or you're lifting the gun up and moving and you're gillied up they might see something but you're still concealed right and it's just you know it's it's just little things that guys got to look at you know a, a coyote does detect motion when you're getting into a set if you can move as slow as you can i think that's a huge factor but why stop there you know why not you know conceal go tans if you're in a tan location go tans if you need to have a, you know, a, a, a skyline set, if it has to be prone out, get your profile low, put a ghillie hood on. You look like a piece of grass, you know, you yeah. look like a, like a, a, soapweed, a yucca plant, little things like that, though, they can, they, it breaks up your outline, but movement is a big factor too, because I mean, deer pick it up, coyotes pick it up going in and out fast. That's what they see. That's just something that they see. And when they see you, man, they pay attention for a long time. You got to, You might as well plan on sitting there for a long time or just packing up and leaving and coming back at another time to get Oh, in. yeah.
1: And like you said, I mean, we use deer a lot. A deer will, a deer will give a coyote up so damn fast. So like, like you said, I mean, you get into a set and that deer is alert and seeing you. There's no sense of doing anything ripping off a call and chasing that deer out. I, I think that deer's on my team you know? Absolutely. When I go into a the set, there's, there's a lot of times a deer will give a coyote away so damn fast and, there's, and you'll never see that coyote until he pops up over out of some grass or what have you. And, and at, that's uh, absolutely pay
0: attention to your surroundings. Yeah, Deer, elk, we've seen them both where they all, you know, you see one looking at a certain way, but not, nothing else is. When yeah. you see a dozen yeah. of them looking at the same thing, yeah, pay attention to that yep. spot. And like you said earlier, they can be your friend, but they could also, you go into a scent and you spook a deer. I've had a, I've had a coyote coming in on a rope, man, right north here. Yeah. And he was blazing in. And when I said when I'm, I, I don't think I moved, but there was a bunch of deer looking at the call. And for some reason, that, that coyote committed in a straight line. Those deer perked up and they bolted. And it wasn't right as soon as I hit the call. It was a good minute after. I don't know if yeah. they smelled something or they just did what they were doing. And they ran right past that coyote. And guess what he did? Yeah. Gone. Well, didn't 180 you,
1: weren't you north here, I mean, this elk season, And you said there was a couple coyotes and then elk were raising hell with those coyotes.
0: Yeah. 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 We were watching that. We took a kid, a guy up there and we got him a nice bull, a 340. Might've even been close to 350. And there was, we counted six coyotes up there and there was a cow, a mean cow. Elk. And, cow yep, elk. And yep. she was hammering these coyotes and they were Kind of, you know, chasing her. I'm, there's, they weren't going to do anything. Right. They weren't going to be, but she was mean. She was chasing the hell out of them. So little things like that, where you're calling, just pay attention yep. to your surroundings yep. for things like that. And you know, another thing about filming that that I really look at as an advantage is you can go back and watch that footage and learn. Not even though, like we said earlier, it may be the same set, it may be the same the same exact location but no matter what if you kill that animal the the next one's going to be different he might oh, yeah. he might yeah. it's you can't dispute that the next animal is going to be different and by us uh looking it and and breaking down the set watching that footage that may not even be used for a production a lot of that 90 percent of the footage nobody's even seeing but us We'll watch every. It's like game tape. It's the same. It's the same thing as watching your swing. It's the same thing as watching your running form. It's the same thing as studying somebody's defense. You you learn the the first the first year that we started doing thermal, I soaked up so damn much information about how coyotes acted, what they yes, did, big time. And you don't understand it until It'll you exp- blow
1: your damn mind what how they act at night.
0: Amazing, you know. And 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 a lot of guys will just and they don't sit down, and they don't. I remember when I turned my ringer off when we first started. <laughs> uh, but you, a lot of guys will just go out and kill, but they don't sit back and go, did you even see what that coyote <sighs> did? Did you even watch what that coyote was doing? Did yeah. you even watch yeah. how they interacted? Yeah. That's the difference. That's what we like to break apart. It's fun for us to do that.
1: And when we first, like you brought a thermal, when we first started thermaling, I don't know, was it three, four, five years ago, five years ago maybe? It was cheating, man. Coyotes at night... You could walk right up to a damn coyote and stick your gun in his mouth and shoot him, and and now I I I say the coyotes are scared of the dark now.
0: Yeah, they they know. Yeah, they they evolve. Yeah, and and we'll we'll we'll, we'll do a whole podcast on that too. Right, hundred percent we will. But but by filming it and watching that coyote, there's times where like I'm like, dude, that coyote had us pegged out. He saw something move, and you're like, no, he didn't. I was looking at him through the scope. I was zoomed into twenty eight. He wasn't looking at us. And we'll argue, and we'll look yeah, at it on yeah. footage. And you'll be like, you know what? He did. Or yeah. you'll see a coyote stick his nose in the air and he'll turn yeah. around and yeah. take off. And not you, like he caught a scent
1: of something, not us. And you can watch that coyote, you know, coming in and, and pay attention to that coyote, because there might be another I mean, he'll give another coyote away as well. And and that coyote might not come over the hill or what, but he'll you can tell there's something else there. There's something different about it. And and maybe there's not always one there. But if there is, they're gonna they're gonna act different and they're gonna you'll be able to tell with that coyote that's coming in. And that is a lot of,
0: of. I, I don't know, I, I tend to think sometimes that that's a, an acquired skill set that that um, isn't easily acquired. Like you being able to see that or us yeah, being yeah. able to go in and be able to tell the characteristics, the body language of that animal. I heard a guy on the radio say, man, if you, if you raise livestock, if you're in a big feedlot and you can't tell that an animal out there is sick, you'll never be able to tell that because you don't know. Yeah. And I don't I am like gosh man that's pretty harsh, you know. You can tell if you do this every single day sure, every sure. day you got a calf that's standing there he doesn't want to come up and eat or he's got a droopy ear, you can just tell. Yeah. And it's the same thing as this and, 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 it, and you can directly relate it. If you pay attention to animals no matter what they are, study them, watch it. That's all flows with the set. You can yep. interpret, you can you can you can have everything meshed together. Everything flows together studying animals how they you know interpret them when you're on set what they're doing what they're paying attention to you know what they're recognizing like keith said you know you see two three four deer they're all paying attention we were just down there watching the when we called in those two coyotes we were watching those deer one of them was looking at something the other two just were sleeping then boom when all of a sudden all three of their ears popped up and they were all looking at the same way that's when i told yep. you i'm like yep. look at those
1: deer yep and within t- Three minutes them coyotes were coming straight in and the, and another time the last we we called in those two mangy ones last week and you were look at those two deer on the side hill there's something down below them something's below them coming in or something's down there something's not right something's different just how them deer were acting
0: what's that what's that uh that double that, that we've got on YouTube that's on uh when we were up north and and uh oh man I can't remember you you were shooting you shot a good shot it? on that second one dude and HRD? He was. Nope, 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 nope. Uh-uh. It was way north, like almost on the county
1: line, straight north, way up there.
0: And uh, it was a double. We caught, there was, long story short, there was a bunch of mule deer up there. And they they gave them away.
1: Oh, so we were clear up top, probably. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Way up there. Yeah. I can't, I was going to throw the name out there for the video so you guys can see it, because I'm pretty sure I recorded the deer on that. And you can see them look at something, and then you can hear the coyotes howl right after we kind of pegged them out from the deer. But little things like that. You know, break it down. Uh, I think we're at an hour and three minutes. (laughs) We did some, that was good, man. I think we broke that down on, on how precise we are on a set. I mean, like, like a scalpel, you go in there, man, and you want to cut everything apart. You want to be as precise as you can. And that's what we do with everything, whether it's The rifles that we work with build, the suppressors, the optics, the reloads, we break it down, and we want to be precise, man. We don't want to build a rifle with with select ammunition that shoots two inches or an inch. Or we don't want to set a pop bottle up there at 100 yards and blow the pop bottle. Oh, we're good. We want to freaking shoot a bug knot.
1: I want to shoot the cap off it.
0: And do it again and again and again, all in the same hole. That's our goal, and that's the way that we break it down and look at sets. Without being too redundant, which I know I am. But, I mean, uh, once again, guys, I think that that, that kind of sums up what, what this episode was over. And we appreciate all the feedback that you guys are giving us. I mean, it's awesome. And we've got so much uh, topics, so many talking points that I could, I mean, probably a podcast a week for a few months. We're gonna be filled up. Yeah. And what we want to do is cater to you guys. And we got
1: some people that are gonna be calling in. I mean, we got some some different some different people gonna be talking here. So it's not just us.
0: What we're gonna do is jackasses sitting here thinking that we know what we're talking about. (laughs) We're gonna get some some experts in the field and break it down how we do. I mean, we use equipment. That's our goal. Our what that's what we do. We get something from somebody. That we think is beneficial or or is high-end or it's going to work for our application, and we wreck it. We use it. Like Aaron said. Wreck it. Aaron Davidson at Gunworks. Wreck it. We were sitting in a meeting with him. Break it. You you said at first, you're like, well, we might break it. And he's like, you you we might break it. He's like, good. That's what we want. Yeah. We want you to break it. Yep. And it's not like we're trying to go out and break shit. It's just... We use it in the different kinds of terrain. We go pretty hard, you know. And we shoot a lot of rounds with it. Yep. I mean, I, I use the borescope on that Creedmoor, and you can already see fire cracks in the throat. Yep. And that's because we are sending rounds with that. Yep. And that's how you get triggered. I don't
1: think there's a day that gun doesn't get shot.
0: But We shoot it every time we go out, verify yep. zero. And that's another thing, man. A big thing on, uh, that's a whole different deal. But we got to talk about that. Thermals, shifting, a lot of stuff man we do it we verify zero every time we go out with our day rigs let alone our night rigs our night rigs I don't trust the thermal uh, uh screen you know yeah, I don't yeah. trust looking at a screen I I trust we'll get into that yeah. before but I mean there's a lot of things that that we do that we break it down and that's just how we operate that's how we roll nothing nothing crazy but like he said we are gonna be getting some guys that's a we we are gonna be getting some guys on that are that are experts. Yep. And what I want to do, you know, I we talked to 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 the fella from, Titanica last night. We were out till one thirty in the morning working with neighbors harvesting, and I mean this year's been crazy, man. We were out from all day yesterday, all the way till one thirty. Woke up at six. You were out here at five thirty deer hunting. I went out, drove around at about six, half an hour after you left, then fed. It's just been nonstop, guys. Day jobs. It's This is easy content content for us to get out there. We are going to start hammering out reviews, and, and we do have uh, a lot of footage from this year, but um, I'm working on a production right now for the guys that keep asking. And with some of the guys that we want to get on the podcast, like Chris and Len at Kitanica, we've had a lot of guys interested in the pants that we wear and some of the clothes. And they're nasty. They're good. We want to get some of these guys on. We want. They're expensive. Yeah, but I've got mine on right now. I we took
1: from last year, went all season, just ripping them up. You know, and they're still fine.
0: And w- usually we'll go through a pair of boots in a year. Yeah, just w- and it, and it's not a year. It's three months, gone, done, yeah. new yeah. pair. Same thing with clothes, with pants, crossing fences, kneeling down all the time. But we're going to get these guys on and and go into detail, breakdown stuff. Same thing with thermal, same thing with night vision. Guys that that, that can give you technical detail. We'll tell you how we use it. We'll tell you what we like the best based on experience with it. But when we want to get into technical aspects, you know, how these guys manufacture this, why they manufacture it, who they manufacture it for, that's how we want to kind of include some stuff like this. But I think the next episode, what I want to do is, uh, just to give you guys a heads up, I want to start doing this on a weekly basis.
1: And it kind of has, I guess. Uh, we got- we
0: kind of skipped last week, but man, we were out harvesting. Yeah. Corn's all done now. So we just got to move about 400 cattle, and that should only take a couple hours. And then it's go time. Feeding a couple hours a day, and that's about it. But what I want to do, just, just to try to give you guys a little bit of a teaser... I've got a hold of Doug Melton at SRT Arms. He is the guy that that actually I designed the 2-2, the Ops 224, the Ops 6, the Ops 6.5 and the 7mm Vapor's with Vapor. And um, I, I mean, suppressors, we're getting our hands on as many as we can. That's kind of our go-to thing. The, I shouldn't say that. That's what started a lot of the interest that we got before the industry kind of blew up, got crazy, now it's slowing down. But we're going to get some information from him, have him as a call-in, which we've never done before, and then kind of break it down after we hang up with him and and, uh, go into detail about what we do and how we do it with cans, the advantages of it, et cetera. But I hope you guys are liking what we do. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, guys. Goals 100,000. We're really close to 50K, getting more content out there. Check out our Instagram pages, uh, Facebook pages, trying to get some more content up there. We don't hire anybody to do anything for us. It's all done here. Once again, guys, I'm James O'Neill, and this has been Keith Rissy as well. This has been an O'Neill Ops podcast, and
1: we're out.